on the day that he was inaugurated, the Washington Post had an article on impeaching him. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. They had an absolute legitimate meltdown. If you try to change a system that big, the system fights back. The story behind the biggest election takeover in history. We're only now being able to finally confirm exactly how this worked. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are donating more money to local governments ahead of the election. $100 million on top of a $300 million gift. The most money any individual has ever spent to win a presidential campaign in the history of our country. I actually became infuriated that someone had allowed Zuckerberg to tip the skip. The election was bought way before Election Day. They stole it fair and square. They changed the voting rules in the middle of the game. A nation divided. This was the greatest billionaire assault on election integrity we've ever seen. A billionaire-funded plot against the president. Do you believe that they used the COVID emergency as an excuse to pull this partisan voter turnout operation? Am I allowed to give you a one-word answer? Yes. was really a partial takeover of the election system. I don't think we have to blame China or voting machines. I think we can look straight in the eye of Mark Zuckerberg, and that's why Joe Biden won. That's what this was, a corrupt, democratic voter turnout operation. You had them putting their own personnel in to actually run the election in places. You had an entire Democratic Party petrified that Joe Biden was going to be outspent, outfoxed by Trump. Rigged. It was a rigged election. People have to find out what happened. What happened in the last election? We have to know exactly what happened so that we can also prepare for this upcoming one. Were there any things that happened that were a violation of law or that were just unethical, unfair? I know a lot of you are shouting yes. Well, let's get into the specifics of it. David Bossie, who is the president and chairman of conservative advocacy group Citizens United and was 2016 deputy campaign manager for Trump. He has a new movie that just premiered yesterday, rigged the Zuckerberg funded plot to defeat Donald Trump. Uh, we have the trailer up at clayandbuck.com right now. Rig2020.com is the uh, website for this movie. And one of the uh, experts who appears in it is the former attorney general of the state of Virginia, Ken Cuccinelli, who is with us now. Ken, thanks for calling in. Hey, my pleasure. Always good to be with you guys. So let's start with just the 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 overview here of this movie seems to it's the Zuckerberg funded plot to defeat Donald Trump is in the title. What exactly did the CEO of Facebook do in the 2020 election? I mean, rigged is the title. So obviously a lot of people are paying close attention. So in 2020, uh, through two, a 501 C three, which most of us typically think of as charities, he funneled over $400 million to finance government election offices. And his explanation was, well, we just want to help them do their job better. Well, that's just sweet, isn't it? Except there were strings attached. 
some of the strings were so substantial that literally their own personnel went in and ran election offices, for instance, in Wisconsin. And so you literally had situations in densely uh, populated Democrat areas, Philadelphia, Detroit, Madison, Wisconsin, other places, where the offices were operating under the rules given to them by Mark Zuckerberg's um, outfit. And those rules included what amounted to Democrat voter turnout. So instead of the government in these locations being a neutral uh, arbiter, I would the analogy I would use is the basketball ref. They were paid by one team to do their job the way that team told them to do it. And, um, and that included get-out-the-vote efforts, which are absolutely fundamental for both parties in trying to win elections. And you had the government doing the Democrat Party's job with the funding of Mark Zuckerberg. And it clearly, the numbers show, it tilted the scales dramatically. You may recall that some people thought it was peculiar that Joe Biden beat Donald Trump at the same time, Republicans picked up around a dozen House of Representatives seats. Well, how does that happen? Because the Zuckerbucks, so-called, were concentrated in already Democrat areas. So they already had Democrat congressmen. There was nothing to be gained by the Democrats in Congress by this spending, but there was in the presidential race. But in the other districts where Zuckerbucks didn't have an impact, Republicans actually beat the Democrats to an extraordinary degree from a historical standpoint. Ken, appreciate you coming on. Do we have any sense for what the plan is of big tech as we are now almost exactly seven months out from the midterms? Is this almost exclusively a presidential-fueled move on the part of big tech, or do we anticipate something similar uh, being brought to bear in terms of the midterms this year? So from from the things we've learned so far, it's pretty clear they thought this wouldn't be discovered this quickly, that they would do this for several years before anybody figured it out. Um, and, of course, it was figured out almost as it was happening, not fast enough to stop it. So thus far, about a third of the states have banned or severely limited the use of these kinds of grants, including on a bipartisan basis, by the way. Everybody recognizes how unfair this is. And, you know, that leads to a lack of confidence in the outcome of the election because it looks and feels like cheating. There's a reason they named the movie Rigged, um, because it was. And I think Steve Moore in the movie says they legally stole the election, (laughs) Um, which is a clever way to say it. Um, But steps have been taken and are continuing to be taken to make sure that the referees aren't allowed to be bought again in the future and that government does have to play a neutral role, unlike what it did in many places in 2020. We're speaking to Ken Cuccinelli, former attorney general of the state of Virginia, about the new movie just premiered yesterday, rigged the Zuckerberg funded plot to defeat Donald Trump. Uh, the trailer's up at clayandbuck.com right now. If you go check on it, you'll see it uh, there. Ken, how are we looking then going into this midterm election where the polls are, and we, we try not to have too much early celebration on our minds here about it, but the polls are looking disastrous for Democrats going into this midterm. But how are we doing? I mean, Democrats aren't going to go down without a fight. We know that. Even if they fight dirty, they love fighting dirty. 
How are we doing with, you know, the mail-in balloting situation, drop uh, drop boxes, people that are there to check and make sure that everything's on the up and up at the voting centers? I mean, how are we prepared this time versus in the 2020 election? Have fixes been made? Uh, a lot of fixes have been made in a lot of states. I would say we have years of work ahead of us. I mean, if you think back to Bush v. Gore and what a disaster Florida was shown to be in that 2000 election. Um, it wasn't fraud. It was just incredible level of incompetence and inconsistency. And um, it took them years to clean that up. That's just one state, including firing a lot of people that needed to be fired. But that's a three, four, five year undertaking. So we're in year two of trying to clean this up. And in Florida, it hadn't become a political football. You know, everybody agreed Florida needed to be cleaned up. Now the Democrats, or at least the radical left part of the Democrats, um, treat election reform and transparency and security as um, uh, a an attack on them. And uh, because they, they want uh, incoherence, they want incompetence, they can hide their fraud in it. And um, so they really don't want it cleaned up, though they can't really say that. Uh, so there is a fight over this. It has become a lot more partisan than it used to be. But down at the state level, real progress is being made. As I told you, Zuckerberg's bans in Virginia and Kentucky, for instance, passed in the last month or two, uh, were done on a bipartisan basis. Um, and uh, there's, if you just put an, a random hundred Americans in a room and asked them the details about how to run an election, overwhelmingly we'd all agree with each other this is common sense it isn't partisanship but it's become partisan because the radical left and their media allies have turned their attacks on efforts to clean up elections because they think dirty elections advantage their side the movie is rigged the zuckerberg funded plot to defeat donald trump rigged2020.com is the website ken cuccinelli sir thanks for your work on this we appreciate you joining us my pleasure. Good to be with you. On the day that he was inaugurated, the Washington Post had an article on impeaching him. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. They had an absolute legitimate meltdown. If you try to change a system that big, the system fights back. The story behind the biggest election takeover in history. We're only now being able to finally confirm exactly how this worked. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are donating more money to local governments ahead of the election. $100 million on top of a $300 million gift. The most money any individual has ever spent to win a presidential campaign in the history of our country. I actually became infuriated that someone had allowed Zuckerberg to tip the scale. The election was bought way before election day. They stole it fair and square. They changed the voting rules in the middle of the game. A nation divided. This was the greatest billionaire assault on election integrity we've ever seen. A billionaire funded plot against the president. Do you believe that they used the COVID emergency as an excuse to pull this partisan voter turnout operation? Am I allowed to give you a one-word answer? Yes.
It was really a partial takeover of the election system. I don't think we have to blame China or voting machines. I think we can look straight in the eye of Mark Zuckerberg, and that's why Joe Biden won. That's what this was, a corrupt, democratic voter turnout operation. You had them putting their own personnel in to actually run the election in places. You had an entire Democratic Party petrified that Joe Biden was going to be outspent, outfoxed by Trump. Rigged. It was a rigged election. People have to find out what happened. Incredibly powerful trailer or an incredibly powerful film. By the way, for the audience, we're going to get, try to get Dr. Naomi Wolf back up um, later in this hour before Mark Bernovich, the AG of um, Arizona. Uh, and we want to get the breaking news she's got about the Pfizer investigation. So we're going to get all this packaged up for you. Um, I want to thank Real America's Voice, all of our distribution platforms, uh, John Frederick's Radio Network. Uh, G News uh, in putting us in Mandarin. Now with the new Getter app, we're going to announce tomorrow. I think we're in, we can be in 10 languages simultaneously. Just want to thank all the folks over there. And of course, the podcast. If you want to download that later in the day, we take the show and put it up on a podcast. I think it's 165 million, 170 million on downloads on the podcast. I want to thank everybody. Uh, the campaign manager for 2016, Kellyanne Conway, a friend and colleague for many, many years, uh, one of the stars of this movie. Kellyanne. Uh, Politico today, it's so great. You guys have this amazing uh, screening. You've got a who's who of kind of uh, the Trump, uh, you know, advisors there, people very close to the president. Uh, and of course, uh, I think Meredith McGraw comes out with a piece. Oh, are these guys just, uh, are the real hearts into this? Or, you know, is this just looking too much in the past and the elections about the future? You've been doing this your entire adult life what's the the people that keep saying oh you got to focus on the future and and any time spent on 3 november is just a waste of time and this is really trump's inner circle from hope hicks to kellyanne to bossy just trying to make the president feel better and there's really nothing here you're one of the stars of this film and obviously you're one of the biggest voices in the in the trump movement what's the purpose of rigged and and what's the purpose of us focusing on 3 november ma'am Hey, Steve, thanks for having me. Congratulations on your continued success here. Uh, this is very simple. Mark Zuckerberg, through two nonprofits, funneled uh, about $400 million, close to a half a billion dollars, into, quote, COVID-compelled uh, voting, get-out-the-vote efforts, more drop boxes, universal mail-in ballots, et cetera. But then one has to ask, of the 160 largest grants, those are more than $400,000 each, why did they go to 92% of the districts and the precincts that Joe Biden won? If you're concerned about all of us being safe and free to be able to go ahead and, and compete in this election, vote in this past election because of COVID, then why not give everybody that kind of opportunity? Look, David Pluff, who had my job uh, for Obama in 2008, smart guy, he wasn't talking about COVID and voting, he was talking about politics. He very clearly says in Bossy's fantastic movie, everybody should see 42 Minutes, Rig 2020, download it, watch it, absorb it, and learn it, memorize it. David Pluff says there, Steve, that, look, uh, Donald Trump got about 1.6 million votes in Wisconsin in 2016. He surprised us all. He won the presidency. He's going to get more than that this time, so we have to get a little bit more than the 1.6 he gets. And, you know, lo and behold, they do. And Zuckerberg focuses mainly that money on three states, Arizona, Wisconsin, 
and Georgia. I know these are going to sound familiar to your listeners. It's important that we know what was done long before Election Day in 2020 to almost pre-buy some of these places and make it difficult to have a level playing field. You know, Steve, in reaction to a lot of the zuck bucks, as they're called, you have state legislatures now trying to pass laws that prevent this kind of massive private funding from tipping the balance, from making one vote, one person less valuable in, in the future. So that is important. That is talking about the future, number one. Number two, hey, Steve, back in 2016, when you and Bossy and I were there, what did Mark Zuckerberg do? Very little. It was a level playing field. He was ecumenical. Facebook allowed the Trump 2016 campaign uh, this great platform. We paid our money. We sent a check. We sent the credit card. And boom, we could have social media ads on Facebook, on Google, on YouTube. 50% social media ads, including on Facebook, 50% traditional TV ads. Hillary Clinton's campaign over in Brooklyn, they were doing mostly TV ads because they had the dough to do it. We were under-resourced, under-staffed, of course, underestimated, underdog. But we were able to use social media to our advantage. Zuckerberg took a lot of heat for that. After Trump won, not only were people upset, you know, crying in the movie and elsewhere, uh, but they were they were shocked. And people like that don't like to be shocked. So Zuckerberg took a lot of heat in Silicon Valley and afterward. You helped Donald Trump win. You should have stopped it. He didn't do anything. He offered us an embed. Facebook let us run our ads. But that was not going to happen again in such a way. So they wanted to come out. And I'll tell you what, they did it right in, under our noses the way we did it under theirs in 2016. This movie is important. Because people aren't just talking about stolen election, fraud, this, that, and the other voting machines. They're talking about the Zuck Bucks. And I think it's a twofer for, for independence and for the MAGA movement. Number one, so that you see the kind of money that was being spent under the guise of COVID. And number two, don't lose the role of big tech in all this, folks. You worried about the tech oligarchs. You worried about censorship. You worried about them tipping the scales. You worried about the left-wing cesspool that Twitter has become. Uh, okay, well, there's there. Here's a twofer for you, and people just have to follow the money and watch this 42-minute, you know, outstanding a film that Dave Bossy has really done everybody a service because it's a new way of talking about it. One one last thing, you asked about the political article and fat, uh, future. Of course, every election is about the future, but they're also about the past in this way. What is the first thing Donald Trump said, according to the Politico piece, when he stood up the other night and addressed the audience at dinner? He talked about what was happening in Ukraine. He's talking about what's happening with energy dependence. He's talking about inflation, the cost of gas, the cost of groceries. That is talking about the past because in the past, not so long ago, Steve, we had $2 gasoline under Donald Trump. We didn't, we weren't paying this for meat and milk and diapers. We weren't having uh, Russia in Ukraine. We weren't having Iran salivating over John Kerry's fecklessness and Joe Biden's recklessness. And, and getting back in the new nuclear capability. We didn't have President Xi of China within his wingspan, $85 billion worth of our intelligence and our equipment because of the chaotic, deadly, unnecessary withdrawal from Afghanistan. So you bet that Donald Trump's going to talk about the past as a link to the future, because you know what the media fear? They don't want to talk about Donald Trump's accomplishments because they don't want to talk about the rematch. If you allow Donald Trump to talk about 2017 to 2021, you're allowing him to talk about prosperity, opportunity, security, lower crime rates, more border security, Putin not in Ukraine, she not in salivating over the equipment we left behind in Afghanistan, Iran at bay, Israel safe and protected, 
and the, just the prosperity and the trade deals and everything. They don't want they don't want Donald Trump to talk about the past because the past is what people actually want in the future. Get back to that prosperity, opportunity, security, affordability. I, I don't want to ask you for a commitment to take over the campaign in 2024. We'd leave that to another day. But that was a perfect, uh, I think, uh, compare and contrast to where we are. Real quickly, in, in Arizona, we're going to have Judge Gableman on tonight. He was there at the premiere. I think Gableman may even be in the film. The, uh, we're going to have Rathmon tomorrow morning, uh, who's, who's got the, the proposal to decertify in Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to have Attorney General Brnovich on in a few minutes about his letter. Kellyanne, you've seen this about, about the mail-in ballots, about this preliminary interim report he's got. Georgia Purdue's got this 140,000 uh, ballot lawsuit that's making its way through the courts. We just had one of the gentlemen on the other day about how powerful this is and how it already shows fraud. In those three areas, in your mind, or it, let me say it differently, in this film, does this make the case that Zuckerberg and the guys were just smarter and, and, and game the system unfairly? Or do you think this backs up those efforts in Wisconsin, in Arizona, in Georgia, to actually get to the bottom of this thing about whether it was stolen or not in 2020, ma'am? So I think the easy part to understand, Steve, is the former, which is that if you just look at the money, and let's, we know money is the mother's milk of politics, I get it, but there's a reason that we have limited individual contributions. There's a reason that any man or woman in this country can only give so much. We don't want people to be able to give so much that they're buying the election, that they're funneling their money through different ways. And I think this goes back to COVID as a reason and as an excuse. So obviously the beginning COVID was a reason. Kids are home from school, people are out of work, 15 days to slow the spread, all of that. But you fast forward to the elections and that was long after everybody said, go have a nice summer. And then we get to a new school year in 2020. They say, oh, the kids have to be back on the screens. I think it helped young kid. It helped a lot of other, it, it's really helping the whole school choice movement. Why do I say this? Because by that time, COVID is not just a reason, it's an excuse. And it allows them to say under the cover of COVID, of a once a century pandemic, we can do this because we're trying to be helpful. And I think those guys in Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, whatever they're producing on their own, they should took a, take a look at this film. And I feel comfortable talking about how smart and savvy the Democrats were. They were not going to get fooled again by Donald Trump. And something I said in the movie I'd like to expand upon here. Imagine being a Democrat, Steve. Imagine being the Democrat Party. And you had 25 or so Democrats running for president. You had one of everything. You had a black man, a black woman, a Hispanic man. You had American Samoan. By the way, that's Tulsi Gabbard, not Elizabeth Warren. You had a socialist female. You had a socialist male. You have uh, you had the first openly gay uh, presidential candidate who got pretty far. They had everything to show that they are progressive and future oriented. And who the hell did they end up with? Joe Biden. So they were petrified. How are we going to get this guy across the finish line? We're going to keep him out of you. We're going to bury him in the basement. And we're going to make sure that People know when to vote, where to vote. Now, on its face, I think that the defense that the media and Zuckerberg would use is, well, what's wrong with helping people figure out how to vote during a pandemic? Why is that so bad? In principle, it's not so bad. Question is, why wasn't it for everybody? Why did the 160 largest grants of 400,000 or more go to 92% Biden precincts? That's, yeah. that's the answer that we need. Because also in Georgia, yep. we have Stacey Abrams doing her thing. We have these other people digging. So I feel comfortable saying yep. the first part, and we'll leave it to the others to do the okay. second part. 
Okay, the movie is rigged. Also, you've got a, uh, I know you got a bounce, but you've got a big book coming out. Can people get, what's the date of the release of the book? The date of the release is May 24th. I can't wait to be on your show about it. Thank you. And uh, yeah. you'll have a trip down memory lane. Some tough stuff in there for all of us. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you can pre-order it now. It's called Here's the Deal. You can get it Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you want to get it. And uh, you can pre. it's a great memoir, and people will really enjoy it. It's going to be the beach read of the summer of 2022, I take it. Uh, so that book comes out the 24th. That's also the date of the, I think, Alabama and the Georgia primary. So it's a big day. Yeah. Uh, Kellyanne, how do people follow you on social media? We're going to put the rigged up in all of Bossy's contacts. How do people follow you on social media? Sure. So I have a new website, KellyanneConway.com, easy enough. And I'm at, at Kellyanne Polls on Twitter, at Kellyanne, P-O-L-L-S on Twitter. Kellyanne, thank you for joining us. Honored to have you on here. Uh, star turn in the movie, and we're going to make sure we push out. Everybody's got to see this. Rigged. The movie. Rigged 2020. Kellyanne, thank you. Okay, short commercial break. I think we're going to come back with Claudia Tenney. We're going to try to get her up, but we can't. we got Naomi Wolf. we got Ben Harnwell. we got uh, Bernovich, the Attorney General, coming on. All next in the war room. Okay, let's pivot to Arizona. Very big news out of there yesterday. I understand Arizona is the railhead of the of the Trump movement. I want to bring in Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Attorney General Burnovich, you, you put this interim report out yesterday. I think it's five pages long or something. You delivered it over to the, the president, Karen Fan, who's been on the show numerous times. Just walk the audience through because there's a lot of controversy about what you put forward. It's an interim report, but can you walk us through the details of it and kind of the meaning of it, sir? Yeah, thank you for having me on, Steve. And yeah, the report, it's an interim report. So this is an initial report. It's about 12 pages. And, um, you know, as a prosecutor, I'm legally and ethically limited what I can say. But I know there are so many folks that um, are so concerned and worried and frustrated about what happened with 2020. And so we have literally spending thousands of hours going through various complaints from Democratic elected officials, Republican elected officials. But in a nutshell, in a nutshell, what we have seen and what this interim report demonstrates is there are serious concerns and there are reasons why people should be concerned about the way the 2020 election was handled. Specifically, there's kind of four top level things that we should all worry about. One is when it came to signature verification, um, you know, the county um, at times was taking less than five seconds to verify signatures. Um, and, you know, part of our difficulty, even in the delay in this report, is one of the things that we point out is that as the attorney general, I don't have civil subpoena power, so I can't force the county to turn over documents, but they finally are. In fact, it's funny because just this week, we got another letter from their lawyer for the, for, for the first time, and this is not in the report, admitted that they're using, you know, AI to verify signatures. And so the whole signature verification process is something that I think that, you know, regardless of someone, you know, where you fall on the spectrum, it should be troubling and concerning that they are trying to verify hundreds of thousands of signatures so quickly. And, you know, of course, that raises the question of, you know, how is that even humanly possible? Second thing, and I think for me is most troubling is there was these drop boxes and there was ballots that were, you know, not returned by people who voted at the polling place. In 20% um, of the instances we identified those drop boxes, they did not have the proper chain of custody. And that means everything from security to signatures. So uh, in, uh, possibly up to 200,000 ballots 
did not have the proper chain of custody and the proper procedures were not followed with those ballots. Um, and then one of the other things we identify this report in the report that we're still looking at, and your you know your previous guests alluded to this, is that you know Mark Zuckerberg spent millions of dollars in Arizona um, at the time. It wasn't per se against the law, and the legislature has since tightened that up. But we do know that he spent millions of dollars to the Democratic Secretary of State and to the Democratic election officials in the two largest counties in Arizona. And so, you know, we're looking into that, whether any of that money may have been misspent in other ways, uh, inconsistent with the law. So, I mean, in a nutshell, what you have is um, possibly up to 2,000 ballots that did not have the proper chain of custody. Um, what you have is a signature verification process that we are now finally being told may have been automated. But regardless, um, those ballots are being checked with about approximately on the, the most, the biggest days, less than five seconds to verify those ballots. And we have a county that continues to drag its feet and refuse us, you know, or slowly provide us information. And so I'm hoping, and one of the things I ask President Fan is that will she give us additional statutory authority, including the ability to issue civil subpoenas uh, related to the election? Okay, uh, let's. I want to go back through that. And look, your reputation, particularly people that know you and and, and I know, tell me, hey, this guy's a brawler, right? So, and I understand how you have to be careful in this area, right? Because you're being looked at and second guess in the whole in, with the Republicans out there and also the whole world media. And so I got that. Um, but just to go back through this, I don't. Is it not? I mean, we have rules and we have statutes and we have regulations to be followed. It's kind of a blockbuster because I saw the five second thing. I said, well, that's not human. Now to kind of cop to the fact that they had AI do it and the rules are very specific. You can't be automatic. You got to have, it's got to be human. This is a human process, right? I mean, that is a, that is a big deal. Correct. That they now cop to the fact after you're, you know, looking around and what over a year after this, a year and a half after this fiasco, they're now copping to its its artificial intelligence and not human. Is that a, is that as big a deal as it seems, sir? Steve, I think it is, Steve. I mean, I will let people draw their own conclusions. And, you, and I, I appreciate the compliment you said at the beginning is that, yeah, I am a fighter. I think when you're a, a first-generation American who parents lived through World War II and escaped communism and you got a funny last name, you have to grow up being a brawler. And I'm, you know, I've argued cases at the Supreme Court. You know, I've obviously sued President Biden numerous times. I was a gang prosecutor. And, uh, you know, I am all about making sure that we not only, it's not about just doing something, we have to do something that produces and accomplishes results. And I think that there are a lot of people, including yourself, I know that we're maybe frustrated with uh, my pace and how we were doing things. But, you know, very often as conservatives, we are fighting with one hand tied behind our back. I appreciate that frustration more than anyone, but I literally don't have civil subpoena authority. And so we're having to go through the county's lawyers and their private lawyers trying to pull teeth to get information. And if you read our report, I mean, there's, it took us months sometimes to get information. And remember, I supported the Senate's right to do the audit. We filed a brief and it wasn't until our office threatened the county with losing funding that they finally started providing more information to the state Senate. So, you know, it is frustrating. It's frustrating for all of us because I think we all know what happened in 2020. But I think without a doubt right now, not just Arizona, but other state legislators need to make sure they're doing everything they can. We need to have voter verification. We need to make sure that, you know, we have only citizens voting in our elections. We need to make sure these these drop boxes 
remote ballot locations don't have any security. Um, there's inadequate chain of custody. So we need to make sure there's a proper chain of custody always, not just in well, 80% of the time, but 100% of the time. And we yeah. need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to ensure that whoever's returning that ballot, that signature is indeed that person. And so, I mean, but, that is a yeah, let me get, let, let me go back. Let me go back to the drop boxes for a second, because you got we're going to have Gableman on tonight in Wisconsin. People are just sitting there going, I can't believe this happened. You got the appellate court in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania saying the two point six million mail in ballots were unconstitutional. And, and now you've got, you know, and, and Bernovich comes out and says he thinks there's a chain of custody. You can you can prove, I guess, you're, you're up to 20 percent, 200,000 ballots have a chain of custody. Just another technical aspect. If there's a chain of custody issue and they, they didn't follow proper chain of custody, does that ballot count or does it not count? I just want to get simple to see if, if we're chasing rabbits or if th this is real. In other words, when a guy like you comes out in a belt and suspenders thing on an interim report, not final, says, hey, there's up to 20%, 200,000 ballots I, I don't think are legitimate because of chain of custody issues. If you prove that, do those 200,000 ballots get tossed? Well, here's the great frustration, Steve, is that, you know, at this point, it, it's kind of like the, the the chickens have already gone out of the coop. And so, uh, you know, there, there's really no remedy um, after the fact. And one of the things I do want to say is that you're, one of your earlier guests had mentioned, you know, what were the AGs doing before the election? I mean, I would submit to you that before the election, our office did a lot. I mean, we actually went to the state Supreme Court and stopped our Democratic Secretary of State when she tried to use COVID as an excuse to allow electronic signatures. When our county recorder tried to mail out ballots to everyone, whether they requested or not, I went to federal, uh, excuse me, state court, um, not the supervisors, to stop him from doing so. And of course, I personally argued Bernovich v. DNC at the U.S. Supreme Court, where I intervened, not our governor, not anyone in our state senate, I intervened uh, to allow to defend the state's ability to elect, enact election integrity measures. And so it is important. It is important for us to do things on the front end, to be prophylactic in nature, so to speak, and to make sure that we're working on problems. The left and the Democrats have been perfecting this for uh, tons of elections, for, you know, two decades. And so, you know, our side, uh, you know, Republicans were a little asleep at the switch. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to make up a lot of ground. And that's why I think it's so important incumbent on the legislators to provide tools to prosecutors, but not only that, make sure that there are penalties. And one of the things that we talk about is, you know, beefing up penalties and allowing for more whistleblower protections so election officials don't, or people that work in those election offices do not feel intimidated and they feel that they can cooperate with our office. Because uh, like I said, one of my great frustrations is, look, if the county, you know, you know, what they're saying is obviously they did everything right, everything's perfect, and, and maybe they did, but, you know, I just wish then they would stop dragging their feet and provide us all the information we requested so it's not like pulling teeth in a slow drip it, getting this information. It, it, is, is, is it pulling teeth because you don't have the tools or is there, let me just get out there, people say, hey, that's the, the, the Republican mafia runs the Maricopa County and the reason that Brnovich and these guys won't go after them is that that's the power base of the traditional establishment Republicans, and they're going to drag their feet because they know there's there, there, there's massive issues here that would reverse the, the the or at least decertify the Biden electors and everybody's going to play, you know, and you want not going to go after them because that's the power base of the Republican Party. What's your what's your response to that criticism or that observation? Yeah, I, I won't say this, look, uh, I mean, that see, observation. I, I, I'm not a political guy. I mean, literally, I never ran for office before I was, I was elected attorney general. 
I, I am married to, to my wife now of almost 25 years, who's a, a federal judge, a, a Trump appointee. She was a state judge before that. I've got an amazing family. I have an amazing life. I've argued at the Supreme Court. I don't give two craps about the so-called establishment or whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, because I don't come from that. I'm a public school kid, first generation American. I am all about the Constitution and the rule of law. And I was brought up that we do things the right way. I'm not like the clown prosecutors in New York that say crap or throw stuff against the wall and then try to make a case after they've reached a conclusion. I do things methodically, sometimes not as fast as people like, but we get results. I get results. And whether it was, you know, I prosecuted people, literally county officials and that are Republicans. I have successfully prosecuted them on human trafficking related charges. I have, you know, stood up to the governor when he tried to do the lockdowns and he shut down the bars and restaurants. I filed a brief, no other elected official, state official did, opposing his lockdowns. I was the first AG in the country that sued President Biden over the unconstitutional vaccine mandate. So you know, my record speaks for itself. Um, I am all about the rule of law and the Constitution. Um, you know, I don't belong to any country club. I don't hang out with anyone in the Board of Supervisors. And if you want to know why, what they're thinking or why they may be dragging their feet, you should ask them. But at the end of the day, as I said just a minute ago, I don't. I do not have civil subpoena authority. I cannot compel the county to turn over anything to me. Um, and, you know, part of what we were relying on is what, what the Senate was doing. And that's one of the reasons why we supported the Senate's right to do the audit. I believe in the separation of powers. And, you know, and they, they provided us some information. Attorney General Burns, can we keep you uh, just for a few minutes on the other side of the break? It just We just want sure. to wrap this up. Short, short right commercial up. break. Attorney General of the state of uh, Arizona just put an interim report to the president of the Senate. We're going to get to all of it next in the uh, and about the invasion of Arizona next in the world. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, tonight at 5 o'clock, Governor Sarah Palin, also Mike Cernovich. Uh, we've got uh, Judge Gableman on the 6 o'clock show, so make sure you're back here at 5. Ben Harnwell is going to be up at noon on his getter feed to give you more about the Ukraine situation, what's happening in Europe. I want to go back to Arizona and Attorney General Brnovich. Attorney General Brnovich, is there enough uh, here, do you think, to impanel a grand jury? or Do you think there's any criminal activity here that, that you could get rolling? I understand you just said, hey, you're not a guy that wants to throw stuff up and then prove a case later. You feel you have to have the evidence. Is there any, besides what you're doing with the state, um, with the uh, state Senate, is there any activity on a grand jury level? Well, just so you know, Steve, we literally, we just had an, we announced an indictment yesterday for someone that voted for a dead person. We have ongoing, we've been have uh, criminal cases involving ballot harvesting in Southern Arizona. So there are criminal cases that we are doing. Sometimes maybe they get lost in the shuffle. Uh, there's maybe not as much press on those as, as some people do because now, once again, as a prosecutor, you are always limited ethically and legally, which you can say. And uh, just as a quick aside, I mean, I'm living this. Katie Hobbs, the Secretary, Democratic Secretary of State, when we opposed her, um, she filed a bar complaint against me and lawyers in our office, uh, you know, based on spurious allegations that have been dismissed. I sued the universities. I literally won a case this week against the higher education establishment at the state Supreme Court 
And I was told because they filed a 200 bar, 200 page bar complaint against me and lawyers in our office, I couldn't say anything even after we won that case at the state Supreme Court. So this is what the left does is they demonize and destroy anyone they disagree with. And me as a prosecutor, because we have all these legal and ethical standards as, as a, you know, elected Republican prosecutor, we have to do everything right. We have to be like Caesar's wife. So I am always limited what I can say, even on cases that we've already indicted until they actually run all the way through conviction. And we're obviously limited what I can say as far as, you know, ongoing um, possible criminal investigations. But I assure you, Steve, and I think hopefully this interim report shows people that I understand how serious this is. I understand why people are frustrated. And, you know, one of the mistakes, you know, there's a the cliche about, you know, generals are always fighting the last war. But we need to recognize that we have to learn what happened or what the failures were in, in you know, the last so-called war and understand how we can better prepare for those future battles. And make no mistake about it, the left, the far left, the progressive left, the Democratic Party, they look at this as war because they have this neo-Marxist vision for this country. They want to socialize our economy, nationalize our elections, and they're doing everything they can to concentrate that power in Washington, D.C. And so I get that, and I hope that people reading that report, as you said, it's 12 pages, it's an interim report, but it's kind of the first marker. This is the proverbial kind of shot across the bow, and I hope people understand that I know how important this is, and Maybe it's not as fast sometimes as people like, but it's more important to get it right than fast. Do, do you have any idea or can you give us any guidance about the final report, the timing? Um, we'll have to have, break that exclusively on your show next time I'm on if you invite me back. Okay, perfect. But I, I perfect. look, Steve, I mean, I, I, know, I know how important it is and we are working vigorously and, you know, we're talking, um, you know, I, look, I'm, one last quick analogy. I was a gang prosecutor. And, you know, we had to, you know, file our own cases when we worked with, you know, um, law enforcement officials. And there was an old saying we had is that you know, everyone has to pick up their own dog crap. And I have always been the kind of person that leaves a place better than I find it. And I assure you, all the listeners, I am not going to leave a big pile of dog crap for the next AG. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that we have some finality um, or at least we are down the right road that no matter who the next AG is, um, they will make, I'll make sure they do the right thing as well. Real quickly, cause I know you got to bounce. Uh, the state of Arizona is also under this, um, a, a massive invasion already. Mm-hmm. More people hit the Southern border across than landed on D day, right? Over 156,000. Now with title 42 coming off, it could be a massive invasion. I understand you've been working this nonstop. You had an opinion out last week. What, what, what can the AG do and what can you do specifically to stop the invasion of uh, of Arizona. Well, Steve, I'm doing everything I can. We literally, right as we're on this um, show, we're at the, you know, in the Sixth Circuit arguing a case where we sued the Biden administration over their permanent guidance, where they are literally releasing people with deportation orders that, you know, have either committed or charged with serious crimes. And so we're trying to stop that. I filed the lawsuit on Title 42. And, you know, literally what you just alluded to, that it's expected that more than 500,000 people will come over in just the first month once these restrictions are lifted with Title 42, you know, essentially the entire population of a 
city like Atlanta, Georgia. And so this is overwhelming the system. I'm doing everything I can with the tools in my toolbox, which means going into court and suing the Biden administration and trying to get them to do their job. I mean, it shouldn't be up to the states to do this. It is literally the responsibility of the federal government. And whether it was suing President Biden, as I did over his failure to stop the border wall, whether it was the Remain in Mexico policy, we are doing everything we can to hold the Biden administration accountable. And frankly, uh, people like Mayorkas need to be replaced. And if not, where the hell are the Republicans in the U.S. Senate or in Congress trying to impeach him? He should be impeached. Literally, Americans are dying, dying. And I know this is a prosecutor. The price of a fentanyl pill has fallen from about $20 in the past year to $5. We in Arizona, just in Arizona, 9 million illegal fentanyl pills, two milligrams of fentanyl can be fatal. That literally is enough fentanyl to kill the entire population of this state. So this is Arizona's problem, maybe some people think, but this is coming to you very, very quickly. It's in our front yard, or it's our backyard, your front yard very soon, and people are dying. More people are dying as a result of the Biden's failed border policies in America than they are that are dying in Ukraine now as a result of uh, what's going on with Russia. Attorney General Brnovich, how do people find out more about you, your social media, how they find out about your campaign uh, to win the uh, nomination for the uh, for the Senate? Uh, Brno for AZ.com, B-R-N-O-F-O-R-A-Z.com. Uh, thank you very much for having me on, Steve. And hopefully people can find out the truth about me because some people talk, I do, and I do it the right way. Attorney General Brnovich, thank you very much. We'll make sure all this information gets out there. This is uh, obviously we have a big Arizona posse that that follows us. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Okay, because we couldn't get Naomi back up because this is so, the Pfizer investigation is so incredibly important. Uh, we're going to figure out how to get it up on Getter. We're going to have her back here at five o'clock. Uh, we got Governor Palin. We got Cernovich. We got to get Naomi Wolf. This this Pfizer investigation is absolutely huge. Also, the interim report from Attorney General Brnovich, I want everybody to get it out. I want to hear your comments, your observations, your opinions, because 3 November still uh, is uh, of massive importance. It's the underpinnings of replacing this illegitimate regime. Okay, back here at 5 o'clock today. Don't miss it. Strap in. Be ready in the war room. Welcome.